Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you're watching from History Makers TV, make sure to like and subscribe. We're welcoming everybody from whatever podcasting platform you're listening from as well. Now, in our last episode, we we dove into the profound struggle of the apostle, and we were unpackaging the office or gift of apostle in a way that I suspect many have never heard before. In fact, the power of God uh, has just been present in the studio as we recorded that one, so much so we felt to take a pause and and do a, a part two, a second episode, and give people a chance to digest what they heard in the first episode. So this would be the second one of, we could call it the, the profound struggle of the apostle. We highlighted uh, several points uh, related to the characteristics and nature of the apostle, and we really went deep into both grace and apostleship. We began to address the grace aspect of the apostle and the power that rests upon an apostle given by the Lord Jesus Christ to fulfill a mandate, which was to bring about the obedience of faith Uh, to the Gentiles, to those who do not know him. Just to recap the particular text we were taking from was Romans chapter 1 verses 4 and 5 says, who was declared the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord through whom we have received grace and apostleship. And as we dove into the grace we talked about how grace is really the supernature of God flowing in and through a human vessel, the divine power of God flowing in and through the human being to accomplish something. It's given by the Lord Jesus Christ, our chief apostle, and it carries with it both the dynamic of crucifixion and resurrection. Okay, so that's a really important part. I'm tempted to go and re-say everything I said in the previous episode, but I'll just trust you <laughs> to go back there. And, and as we ventured down that road, we talked about the betrayal factor, the suffering factor, the trials and tribulations that an apostolic leader knows they go through and why. It makes it real. It's what's so unique about the apostle. Apostle Paul said, you know, we're like the dregs of society, the, the scum, I think it translates, where, look, he said, I'm glad we, you have become kings through us, and, and we wish we could be that way with you, but, but there's a zero basing of the apostle to keep them in a posture of weakness that qualifies them for God's strength. And that's why the Lord said to Apostle Paul, my power is perfected in your weakness. That's the qualification for the apostle. So the enemy has done sort of a good job of getting us turning the office of apostle into a hierarchical, top-down, business card-carrying, need to assert and and have affirmation and extra honor given to, reduced it to absolute carnality compared to what it really was intended to be. And why? And that's so we can access that grace. Do you want to do apostolic work and ministry in the flesh with fleshly tools, 
We covered the whole political thing, why apostles can't fit. They get easily kicked out of political environments. This is not that. It just doesn't fit. And so uh, that brings us to number three, which was an apostle experiences betrayal. An apostle experiences betrayal. Now, trust me on this. Talk to an apostle. Talk to an apostolic leader. We all experience betrayal at times in our lives. All of us. It's just an aspect of human nature. But the, the kind of betrayal that an apostle goes through, I like to call choreographed betrayal. <laughs> an arranged hit. <laughs> an arranged, it's a setup by God uh, where betrayal takes place. Just like it happened to Jesus, you'll find betrayal will follow apostles. It, it just is that way. And, and we did such a good job in the previous ep- episode of discussing this. I'll only say for point number three that betrayal actually assists us in accessing crucifixion that leads to resurrection. Betrayal actually helps us, whether you're the Lord Jesus being kissed by a Judas and handed over, betrayal is a fundamental characteristic of the journey of the apostle. And they can, they can tell you stories. I mean, if, if you don't believe me, uh, talk to one, you'll find out. And, and we all have these stories of profound betrayal that led to profound glorification and promotion afterwards. I like the, the term kingdom influence rather than promotion. We're not trying to get up a hierarchical structure to reach the top. And so uh, an apostle will experience profound betrayal that gives them access to carrying around in their body both the crucifixion and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's an important one. Carrying around. I mean, if I were to, to describe to you, when you sit down with an apostle and, and one that's being used in a profound way, they will be able to tell you about the day-to-day dying, carrying almost a constant state of thorns in the side, as Paul discussed, so that they could be qualified for God's grace, which is divine power to even do apostolic ministry. I can tell you my own stories. And at that time, I was younger in ministry and had no idea the grace that could be found on the other side of crucifixion. So an, an apostle experiences betrayal and this, this betrayal gives them an open door access to both the crucifixion and resurrection life of the Lord Jesus Christ by which we get this grace. My grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Number four, let's shift into the building part. Let's move over. We've talked about grace, which is the the divine power of God, also assisted by signs, wonders, the power gifts. Let's move into apostleship. It says that we receive through the Lord Jesus Christ both grace and apostleship. We're needing the two. It's the fullness of that that brings about the obedience of faith among the Gentiles. So, number four, an apostle is focused where they focus in. An apostle is focused on extending and building the kingdom, making everywhere the king's domain. We know that kingdom comes from kingdom. Think of king's domain, kingdom. 
the desire that as it is in heaven would find its way on earth. What earth? In us, the boardroom, marketplace, education, every sociological sphere, that, that we would continue to pursue the dream of God that as it is in heaven would be on earth and we make, we bring the king's, the king's glory and apostleship into every sphere of life. When you make a particular place the king's domain, there's a process of dethroning a different domain, the domain of darkness that has its king. And when we judge those demonic spirits and powers through true apostolic function, we dethrone the kingdom of darkness and we enthrone the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and we make that particular sphere or business or, or block or street or city or nation the, the domain of King Jesus. So that's what an apostle is primarily shooting for. And one thing I'm trying to avoid in this in this podcast today is getting into all the theory and stuff you, you've read in, in books and everything, the, the great foundation that's already been laid. But that's the desire of an apostle, making everywhere the king's domain. And so they are leveraging true apostleship, not just the grace to do it, but apostleship. Now, what is apostleship? I like to look at apostleship in the context of Romans 1 as building people, building churches, building society. I know that's too simple for some of our, uh, our kingdom theorists out there. <laughs> but I have found this when you meet and, and talk with real apostles. This is their sweet spot. No matter what network you've got, multiple networks, uh, multiple churches you have under you, this whole hierarchical thing, and we're not against overseeing and being a leader of, of churches and networks, of course, we, we have our, as apostles, we have our metrons, our capacities, our reach. That's all part of apostleship. But the primary desire of the apostle is building people, building churches, building society. And not all will build churches. I find it so funny <laughs> that we have tried to confine the ministry of a sent one to how many churches they have under them. Come on, the ministry of the kingdom. The ministry of being sent can be hardly confined to buildings within a network, within a time slot, within a denomination. It's time to grow up, church. It's just bigger than that. An apostle desires to establish kingdom, whether it's in a person, a community, a church, or an entire society. They are looking at systems. They are looking at execution of prophetic inspiration. They are looking at, okay, we, we've corporately heard the voice of the Lord. How do we practically walk this out? They are looking at wineskins. They are looking at ways to be more effective. Even though at times I'll find it mundane, the amount of theory we have out there with such minimal results, the kingdom theorists are still trying to probe and plumb the depths of what kind of wineskin do we need to actually execute this grace we've been given by the Lord Jesus? How do we walk regionally together? How do we establish, you know, five-fold models that, that bring about a result in a community? This is all good. This is needed. But the apostle is thinking about function. The apostle is thinking about how do we walk this out? And so that's important. We're building people. We're establishing leaders. 
We're equipping people to be sent as laborers into the harvest. That's building people. Building churches. Apostles established churches and put pastors in place and eldership and all of that. They also establish predominantly apostolic churches as well that have presiding apostles there that are equipping apostolic teams to be sent out and and reaching a, a, a large metron, a large orbit of influence. We have all of that happening with churches and we need more apostolic churches. The apostle, though, is not so much thinking about how can I better oversee my church, but they're thinking, how do we equip the saints to be sent? How can we equip them in apostolic ministry to be sent out into their sphere, bringing about what Romans 1 said, the obedience of faith among the lost? (laughs) Apostleship is for more than just governing over Christians and churches. We're talking about a profound equipping and sending of laborers that maximizes all of these laborers, heaven's resources that are that are sitting in our churches, the apostle must come alongside. Rather than enthrone himself or herself over them, how can I serve them? How can I go low and equip and send them? An apostle is a ladder. And I always say this, that to our own people that we walk with, I'm a ladder for you to climb up and get to your destiny, to realize your calling. How can I come alongside and serve you? I'm at the bottom here trying to push you up to the top. This is a different different type of, type of thing when it comes to true apostleship. And then building society. They're looking at dethroning the kingdom of darkness and not just removing darkness by praying it out or prophesying it out, but by establishing systems that enforce kingdom principles, by establishing organizations, charities, things that have kingdom values in them but they're established out there in the community beyond the walls of the church and they occupy territory. This is greater than random evangelism, as good as that is. This is about occupying territory because societies are governed by by systems and the values that those systems enforce. And so I know that one just might have gone over your head a bit and we're going to visit that in our Apostolic Solutions series. But moving on to our final point, I only wanted to give five more unusual attributes of the apostle today, but an apostle is a servant. (laughs) Oh man, an apostle is a servant. We talked about last week that it's not the hierarchical top-down pyramid. The apostle (laughs) through a process of political posturing, reaches there the top. (laughs) We talked about flipping the pyramid on its head to where the apostle is at the bottom as a foundation, almost in the image of Adam, Adam being made first. Why? Adam was first, not because of superiority, but because of foundation and function by which the woman and all of life could sit upon and be glorified and beautified and function because of the sturdy foundation of the man in the home. In the same way we see this dynamic with the apostle. 
And that's why the Bible makes clear, and I, I purposely didn't use these scriptures because you've heard them so many times, you have your own context, but it was given first apostles, second prophets. That's not a hierarchical structure either. That's a building process so that the foundation, through the foundation of the apostle, all could be established. The apostle and apostolic ministry simply carries the load, carries the burden. And I would beg to say that anybody who's a true apostle could say they question whether they wanted that or not, or whether they wanted that at all, because the call was so great and the journey of the crucified life was so great. Paul said, I'm, uh, we're like the scum of society, the dregs of society. <laughs> and if you sit down and actually read, and I think I'll stop here on this, if you sit down and actually read in one sitting, and I challenge our listeners and watchers to do this, to sit down and read the journey of Paul in the New Testament, especially where he lists, and do it in one sitting, where he lists what he went through with the call of God and establishing the churches and been shipwrecked, he's been beaten, flogged, he, he lists all this. You begin to see a picture of a suffering servant you begin to see a part two of a crucifixion on a cross. You see the image of Jesus. You see the image of both the crucified life and the resurrected life with power, signs and wonders following. But the most notable sign that we see in Apostle Paul's life, and you'll see this in other apostles, is the raising up and building of sons and daughters. The raising up and establishing and building of the church and the raising up and establishing and building of society. That's what we see today among true apostles. And that's why you need the crucifixion part. You need the betrayal, the suffering, the thorns that keep you in a weakened posture that qualify you for that great power, the great grace of the apostle that allows you to do for the nations what Jesus would do if he was in your shoes. God bless. Coming up next week, gotten so good, especially in a North American context where there's less pressure, persecution, all that stuff. We've gotten so good at doing church without grace, without that anointing, without a reliance and dependency on Him, without weakness. We've just become so strong in some of the things that we do, we disqualify ourselves for the supernature of God to be functioning in our churches. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV.